Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Welcome back to the Brodo Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, brought to you by the Brodo team, Mike Petrop, Jason Petrop, Tim Petrop, and Santiago Casanova. Welcome back to the Summer Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, doing it Brodo style and discussing every single fantasy relevant player up until the start of the season. This, today, not this week, this week we're looking at the, uh, the AFC North, and we are going to Bengal country with the Bengals. I am your host, Tim Petrop, joined by my brothers, of course, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. But before we begin... We want to remind you to download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app that has every single tool you need to draft a winning team and keep a winning team during the season. And right now, it is free for a limited time. On the app, you get Fantasy Player Cards, Who to Draft Tool, Player Comps, Podcasts, Consistency Charts, Game Logs, Coaching Tendencies, Articles, Rankings, Waivers, and every single statistic you could ever need, including our exclusive statistics that have been predict so good at predicting success throughout these years true throw value true target value and true performance value in also you get rushing yards over expected you get points per opportunity excluding touchdowns and more and more and more and it is free for a limited time thanks to our patrons over at patreon.com slash brodo fantasy Join now to support the show and the app, but most importantly, to join the community on Discord, to play in leagues with the Brodo Bros and other people who are like-minded. The one thing I love about the, the community with, with our Patreon is we're kind of all like-minded, so we're all friends like right away. It's, it's like a great vibe in there. Uh, you get extra podcasts per week. You get waiver priorities, private team consultations, free giveaways, and more. And as always, the Brodo Hub is BrotoFantasy.com, where you can find all things Brodo. Twitter.com slash BrotoFantasy as well. Let's dive in. Let's look at the offensive outlook. Um, we have ourselves a run it back for the third straight year, which is, you know, they're showing, they're showing you know, steadfast hope in their young head coach Zach Taylor and their offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. Uh, they're running it back for year three. The last two years, 30th and 29th in scoring offense, but they have been suffering through injuries. Uh, they are the 25th ranked offensive line in the NFL, and last year they passed the ball 58.6% of the time, which was right in the middle of the league, although with Joe Burrow behind center, they were setting the world on fire, and this guy was averaging over 50 passes attempts a game at one point so let's start right there with the quarterback position where we are right now when we're recording right now the word out of cincinnati Bengals camp is that joe burrow is a little squeamish is that he's he's square kind of kind of running for his life now you if you remember he, he's coming back from an acl tear in eight months so this is something that is not normal so jason how concerned are you uh and let's take a let's actually how concerned are you about this? And let's take a look at the Bengals if Joe Burrow's healthy and if Joe Burrow is not healthy. What do you think? I'm gonna hop in here, Tim, because Joe Burrow is an interesting fella. 
A very interesting fellow. Wow, he he just had to hop in to tell you that. <laughs> He's an interesting <laughs> fellow. Bro is an interesting fellow. You won't that get is the this hard anywhere else. analysis you get at the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. And honestly, I'm finished. <laughs> I just send. I'm gonna send a push right now on the app. Joe Burrow's an interesting fellow. <laughs> Look, he's an interesting fellow because when you hear Joe Burrow get brought up, based on how people reacted to his rookie season, you think he was like a star from the get go. The way people talk about Joe Burrow in his first uh, ten weeks as an NFL quarterback, but his success was very much volume based. He was 34th in the league in true throw value last season. Um, he had a he was throwing a rookie record forty one passes a game before he get went down with injury. Despite all those pass attempts, he was twenty ninth in yards per attempt. He was thirty third um, in deep completion percentage among all quarterbacks. It wasn't that great, right? And it was in an offense where Zach Taylor called a pass on over fifty eight percent of plays last season. It was even more before Joe Burrow got hurt. Once Joe Burrow went down and the backup crew all started taking turns at quarterback, they started to run the ball more. But, man, were they just letting Joe Burrow sling it? The issue with that was he had a really bad offensive line. He had a 30th-ranked offensive line, according to PFF, last season. And now PFF has the Bengals ranked as the 25th entering this season. And, honestly, what did they really do to bolster that offensive line? Like, the big thing was not Penny Sewell. It was Jamar Chase, fifth overall, right? And that is a lot of fun. And it's a great weapon for Joe Burrow to have, but it's not an offensive lineman. And we're talking about a guy, a guy who not only tore his ACL, he also tore his MCL in week 11 of last season. He tore that knee up. He got hit 72 times in nine games. Shout out to Matt Ward and his Joe Burrow article. Um, go read that if you have not yet on the Brodo Fantasy app and uh, and on BrotoFantasy.com. So now we're talking about a guy who, despite being 34th in true throw value, was 15th in points per game because he was sneaky, sneaky a little bit with his legs too. He used his legs a little bit, had some rushing touchdowns. What's going to happen there this year after the injury? But now he has Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, argue, could be argued one of the best wide receiver uh, cores in the league to throw to for Joe Burrow. Joe Mixon in the backfield, who we shit on him all the time, but it's not like he's a nobody, so he has at least like a decent running back um, to hand the ball off to or to use in the passing game. It's going to be all about can Joe Burrow take that massive sophomore step up, also coming off of a brutal injury. And that's what... The question is with Joe Burrow, and honestly, I don't know the answer to that question yet. I've been very on and off about Joe Burrow because right now, his ADP is quarterback 10, according to the Sleeper uh, sleeper ADP on the Brodo Fantasy app. 88.5 overall. If you ask me, am I drafting Joe Burrow in the 8th, ninth round? Absolutely not. Like, there's no way i take Joe Burrow in, that, in the 8th, ninth, or even 10th round of a draft. There's no reason for that. I don't see the upside of that there when you could get guys like Ryan Tannehill or Kirk Cousins later on and guys of that sort. So right now, I'm more on the fading Joe Burrow bandwagon despite all the weapons he has because of the injury and because he was just not as great as people thought he was efficiency-wise in his rookie season. If I'm wrong and he blows the world out of the water and he's a star this season and an MVP-level play, that would be tremendous. 
I'm not saying there's no chance that happens. Like, I'm not sitting here saying absolutely fade Joe Burrow. I'm just hesitant to fully buy in. And I think people are pricing him a little too high right now. Like, I think there are too many people saying Joe Burrow is going to be a star this year. And they're really pushing up that ADP because, man, quarterback 10 is just a little absurd for me at this moment to draft Joe Burrow. He was 12 like a month ago, and I was like, oh, that's definitely going to drop. And it's risen. That's, yeah. it's, it's surprising. I, I, you know, every every fo- fantasy football narrative, you should look at like an onion. This is something that's brought me a lot of success. Shrek, look baby. at it like an onion. And like it's you can see this thing, but if you have to peel away the layers. And once you peel away a layer, sometimes it falls apart. Sometimes it stays together, but sometimes it falls apart. And Joe Burrow... Was a su- is destined to be a superstar or something that if you really start and you don't even have to get too deep into the onion, if you really just take one piece of the onion back, like he had the worst deep throw percentage in the league last year. Like you want it, that's not ideal, especially when you're coming off an ACL and you have a another another narrative that's out there in the fantasy Twitter land. Every year is out there. It's well, the Bengals have an improved offensive line this year. Where, where, honestly, where? Where is it? Where are these improvements? They they signed one right they signed Riley Reef. That's not that's not making them into into contenders. You know, that's not making them that's not the next step. So I don't know. For me, Joe Burrow is someone that, you know, if he pops, you know, congratulations, whoever got him, you can handle that. Um are speaking of speaking of if this guy pops, like congratulations, you could have that. I'm not touching him. Joe Mixon, listen, if you've been a, a, a listener of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast for years, one, two things we've hung our hat on. Number one was Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback. And the reason why is because of this stat that we created and only we know that. And, you know, it obviously it, it plays for other people. But when you when you identify someone as the Miami Dolphins quarterback, who's now the backup and you identify them as they're good enough to take over the starting quarterback job and, and then succeed on the level that someone has succeeded because of a stat. Like we would have never known that had we not invented the stat. Right. So you have that. Then you have, we hate Joe Mixon. Don't do not draft Joe Mixon. And it has been a great idea not to draft Joe Mixon every single year. But don't tell that to the, uh, the Twitter folk. It seems like everyone, 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 it, it starts out to hate Joe Mixon, and then all of a sudden, hating Joe Mixon gets popular, so then everyone wants to be contrarian, and they start liking Joe Mixon, and then everyone starts liking Joe Mixon, and then the fantasy footballers say something, and then everyone follows, and then it's all Joe Mixon love. And every year, it, 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 it always backfires. Although this year, he looks set up for another decent year, just like he's looked... Last year and the year before that and the year before that and the year before that. So what can we expect from Joe Mixon, Jason? That was a long one. Uh, well, first off, so like you said, the Bengals added Riley Reef. Fun. Um, and then in order to make up for them not drafting Panay Sewell, they drafted a offensive lineman in the second, fourth, and sixth round. Um, it, it's hard to find a gem of an offensive lineman in the second round even harder in the fourth and sixth. And they're also rookies. Um, So one of the league's worst offensive lines isn't very much improved going into this year. Uh, Over the past two seasons, Joe Mixon has an RB1 rate, so ending a week in RB1 through 12, of 29%. Last year when Joe Burrow was healthy, 
He averaged 24 opportunities per game, but only finished as an RB1 in one-third of those games, including a three-touchdown game, which makes his stats look way better than they are. Uh, And in 2018, that was the only year Joe Mixon ever had a rushing yards over-expected over, wait for it, negative 80. (laughs) Negative 80. The only year he ever beat negative 80. Uh, the thing, though, with Joe Mixon is that at the end of the day, volume is important for running backs. We don't have a lot of bell cow running backs these days. Most of the league is um, now in committees or duo backs or whatever you want to call them. Joe Mixon, not really. Gio Bernard's out the door. P. Ryan and Travion Williams aren't the best backups on earth. And Zach Taylor said that he wants to use a run-first approach. So that's the issue here. We have an inefficient volume-based running back. But volume is important. And over the last three seasons in points per game, Joe Mixon ended 9th, 23rd, and 9th. One of those seasons was a shorter one due to injury. So we're looking at someone who's probably going to end between 9 and 23, just based off of volume, in the running back position. But right now, according to Sleeper ADP, and I'm sure other ADPs have him higher, he's running back 11. So he's basically being drafted at his ceiling because he's not a guy who's going to take this volume and become Christian McCaffrey. He's just not. So I'm okay with Joe Mixon once you get to the running back 18 range just because you're starting to get into that volume is more important than talent area, honestly. But where he's going, I don't see myself having any Joe Mixon based on his price. As always, We've always basically. said with Joe Mixon, it's ADP. We know how important volume can be for running backs, but he's just not good. And he's not good at turning that volume into production. And he's always a bad pick. Not generally. He'll still put up points, but at ADP. And I believe that there, that still remains. He's a bad pick at ADP. I can't, I can't agree with you more. Uh, I, again, have been doing a lot of mock drafts. At no point do I draft Joe Mixon. Just I... I you're gonna have you. He's never gonna fall into the third round. If he falls into the third round and you can get him as your third best player, then I'm saying okay, maybe I'm considering jumping. That's when it's worth so, it, right? But as his as your first, or second best player, no, I'm not. I'm not touching anywhere. I'd much rather have someone that's going around him, like one of the receivers. Even I'm I'm down to like take AJ Brown or Justin Jefferson or or one of the, Terry McLaurin, one of those guys that's going in that range. Um. Speaking of wide receivers, this is an interesting wide receiver room uh, because you have the rookie the who, because he played next to Justin Jefferson and outshined Justin Jefferson, people assume is as good as Justin Jefferson. I think that's an, an eh assumption. I, I saw him play in, in uh, college. He wowed me. I'm not going to lie to you. But he's not as physically... He's not. A, he doesn't stand out physically on the field like Justin Jefferson does. With that being said, he has the ability to be one of the better players in the league. But he's a rookie. On the other side, you have T. Higgins, who had a very impressive rookie season, but struggled in the long ball because this whole entire offense struggled in the long ball. Then you have Tyler Boyd, trusty in the middle. Tyler Boyd. So trusty Steve. The question becomes. The question becomes. Joe Burrow's this key because if Joe Burrow unlocks this talent that people seem to have seen last year, then he can support 
at least two out of three of these guys and support Mixon. And this and Bengals players can eat fantasy wise. But if he struggles, um, if his offensive line lets him down, if he's squeamish, if he pulls like a Carson Wentz and it's in his head, the knee injuries start getting in his head, then this this whole offense looks different. So, Michael, how are you approaching these wide receivers when you're drafting them? I'm Jason. I'm sorry, Jason. Yeah, man. Honestly, I, it's about the quarterback here. And that's why we meant the true throw values because it's about the quarterback at the end of the day. T. Higgins proved he's a stud. Tyler Boyd has proven he's a super solid receiver. Jamar Chase has superstar potential. But now I'm not going to talk about any of them because it matters who's throwing the ball. Joe Burrow averaged 41 attempts last season, but his true throw value was 34th in the league. Why? Because his red zone numbers were atrocious. Atrocious. Red zone's a good way to tell if a quarterback's actually good. Because that's where the field is smaller. There's a lot of defenders in your face. You got to make tight passes. Joe Burrow didn't do that. And now he's coming off of an injury. Still with most of his 30th ranked O-line intact. So the thing is, is he going to throw 41 times a game? Because if he is, then, well, you know what? We're going to be able to see uh, Jamar Chase get 10 targets, Boyd get 10 targets, Higgins get 10 targets, and then there's still 11 targets to go around. You mix in with a couple, maybe. Literally maybe whoever TJ. you want. Those guys could go over 10. TJ House Mazzilli. TJ, who's your mama? <laughs> TJ, who's Pinzada. He came out of retirement. Like, at the end of the day, it's really, are they going to throw that much? Because think about the Cowboys. Last year, they were all being drafted pretty high. Gallup was clearly the third option. And he was a decent player, fine. But it's just hard for a quarterback, especially a rookie who wasn't very good last year, guys, to come and make three receivers all viable when they're all being drafted as top 36 receivers. I can see two of these guys living up to their ADP. And if I had to put my money on it, the person who's not going to live up to it is the person with the highest ADP. Because he hasn't stepped foot on the football field, ever. And that's Jamar Chase. Mm. Jamar Chase is the highest ADP for a rookie wide receiver ever. And Wow. Is that, is that true? Uh, I saw somewhere recently. Who is it? In the last, at least in the last 10 years. At least so. in the last few years. If I find it, I'll... I saw that give, recently. Give the, I think DeAndre Hopkins that's a good, was That's a good credit. Like, that's a high ADP for a rookie wide receiver with a questionable quarterback. So I'd go... I'd, he'd probably be my main fade right now at his ADP, and it hurts because I like Chase. But all three of these guys aren't living up to ADP. It's just not going to happen. With that being said, Jamar Chase is the number one overall pick in Dynasty drafts. Yeah. In my in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I've, yeah. Okay. I've, I've been saying that, yeah. Michael, I mean, I know that your job here was tight ends, but uh, you just want to talk about, like, the pass catchers a little bit instead? <laughs> Well, I mean, you know I love me some T. Higgins. He has some elite uh, rookie year production mixed with some elite college production and good size and elite Brodo comps on the Brodo, uh, on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. So I love me some T. Higgins. He would be the guy I'm targeting the most of the uh, of the bunch. And he has been the guy I'm targeting the most of the bunch in my fantasy leagues. So I do agree with Jason that Jamar Chase is being drafted too high. And Tyler Boyd is nice. He'll be uh, He'll be good. He'll be decent. But he's going to have far too many games, in my opinion, where he goes four catches, 47 yards, and you're just like, why do I have him in my starting lineup? Because they're not going to have 
three players every single week and Joe Mixon, who everyone loves, have tremendous weeks every single week unless Joe Burrow becomes an MVP-level player. But I mean, considering the tight end position, C.J. Uzoma started last season pretty solid. Tight end 18 and then tight end 12 the first two weeks. Don't forget, before he got injured, people were like putting fab dollars on C.J. Uzoma, and they were like uh, pretty hyped about what C.J. Uzoma could do in that offense that uh, with Joe Burrow because there was a connection there. And then he had that season-ending injury, and then... Drew Sample and company had to take over, and they mustered two top 15 performances the rest of the way, with Jamar Chase added to the mix now, too, um, who was not there last season, obviously. Uh, Obviously, this position is not one I'd be going hard after in terms of uh, fantasy leagues because there's no reason to have any of them on your draft radar. Maybe Uzoma in, like, a super deep best ball, but that's about it. Um. So, again, we want to keep these lively. We want to keep these fresh. The point of this um, podcast is that you can go back and look at them whenever you need them. But, you know, time goes on. Uh, so, as of right now, that's what the Bengals' outlook is. But who's someone that could be one injury away? Michael, why don't we start with you since we went heard for a lot from Jason today. Yeah, for me, it's um, Chase slash Higgins. I'm sticking with the name a player who already has a role theme here because if one of them were to go down, the other one would likely become a big-time target hog as like the alpha receiver. I think Chase and Higgins are going to be the 1A and 1B. And if one of them were to go down, having one of them on your roster is going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to go next. I think there's two two ways I want to approach it. Since Michael's going, is breaking the rules, I'm going to break the rules too. Now, for me, if Joe Mixon gets injured, Samaji P. Ryan is probably the most um, the most complete back in terms of being a running back in a long time that Cincinnati has had as his, as his backup. He had some good games as his backup, but Gio Bernard's not there anymore, so I think Samaji P. Ryan has a chance to excel if Joe Mixon gets hurt, which he's gotten hurt almost every year of his career. Yeah. Um, but I want to look at it the other way. If Joe Burrow is hurt and then gets hurt again, take the Bengals as a whole and put him in the garbage. Don't start. Don't start a Bengal ever. Put him don't in start the dirt. It, it. This is one of the teams that's so dependent on quarterback. It's next level because their 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 backup is not is not gonna cut it. I think Ryan Finley's still I, their backup there, unless that's I'm mistaken. I highly suspect. They'd be a team who would trade for a veteran quarterback right away if something were to happen to Burrow. I don't think they're like gonna... a like a Mariota type. Mariota, Taylor Heineke. I mean, Andy Dalton. He's not good, but like they that. did bring in Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen. Okay, I mean Brandon Allen had some decent games last year, but he's Brandon Allen. If Brandon Allen starts, uh, good good night. I don't want any part of that. So if Brandon Allen is if they're bringing Brandon Allen into a game, then. That's not good news, obviously. Yeah. He had a couple good games. He's had a couple good games in his life. But that's it. Anyway, Any uh, that's all from us. If you Jason want to hear... needs to give his Tim. Oh, you're right. Yeah, who cares about I'm going to agree with Michael. Oh, what, what, the twins agree with each cool. other. Newsflash. <laughs> Newsflash. Um, it's so annoying, by the way, when you get into an argument with the twins... And you like go to the other one, like isn't he being an idiot? And it, there's no way they ever disagree with each other. It's they're always on each other's side. That's a dumbass so statement. 
Yo, you guys are always on each other's side. In, in, if it's me versus Michael, or Tim sounds like or, a whiny little brother right now. Yeah, not for nothing. Michael or Johnny versus me. Michael. Agree with me. <laughs> not for nothing, Tim. It's not our fault that you and Johnny are the ones who are wrong in the argument ninety nine percent of the time. All right. So correct. you see, even <laughs> yeah. right, even right now, they are agreeing with each other that this is a ridiculous statement, and, and like proving in a meta way that this is not. Oh, uh, meta way, dude. I have a kid. <laughs> brotofantasy.com the fantasy football by broto app um and patreon.com slash broto fantasy to support the show the next time we are talking to you is of course tomorrow it's how we do with the heat wave and we are going to bring a special guest on to talk about his favorite squad the pittsburgh steelers and why um we should be looking at them and why not see ya later heat wave (laughs) 